Hi, I'm Layla. And I'm Marcus. And this is Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to growing up as a TCK and how it's affecting us now that we are adults. Uh, And today we have something very special lined up uh, for Mm -hmm. Mother's Day. Um, Marcus, are you excited? Yes, I am. It should be interesting. Absolutely. So what follows is going to be an interview uh, and we hope that you enjoy. Yes, definitely. for Mother's Day. Uh, I'm Marcus Rosati and today I'll be interviewing my mother who is Sarah Rosati. Uh, Would you like to give yourself a brief introduction? Yes, I'm Sarah. I'm Marcus's mother and um, I'm very glad to have been invited to uh, participate in this podcast. That's good. Uh, So I guess we'll just dive right into it then. Uh, We've got a few questions that we're going to go through. So um, first off, where were you born and where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Huddersfield in England, Mm. United Kingdom, yes, and um, I was brought up uh, in Iran for my childhood. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, And obviously you did grow up in a culture that was different to the culture that your parents grew up in, and so I suppose one of the things it's, um, well, when did you first leave your home country? That's a question there as well. Um, a first, well, my the thing was that um, my mother uh, was already, it was in Iran. My mother was already mm. living there. And she returned to England to, to, to give birth to me. Um, mm. So uh, she returned in the March and I was born in the May. And then when I was a month old, uh, I went back to Iran in the June. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why, why were your parents in Iran? Uh, my father worked there. He had um, mm-hmm. he had studied in the UK in Huddersfield, which in those days mm-hmm. was quite a quite a centre for textiles, and mm-hmm. they um, they trained people there. So my father came um, from India to Huddersfield, and he met my mother there, and um, then um, they moved to Iran because my father got work. Uh, as a result of having friends at Huddersfield who were Iranians, mm-hmm. and he oh, wanted to have yes, okay. and he wanted to live in Iran, and ha- you know, see how that was. Okay, yeah. This is a question that I never actually, I can never remember the exact dates. But when did your father come to Britain? I, I'm not quite sure when he came to Britain, but I, he was there for ten years before he left. So I, I, I guess in '52 or something like that, maybe. Okay. Something like that, maybe. I mean, I think okay. he was 18 when he arrived. He could have been there right. longer than 10 years. I don't know. I think he was 18 when he arrived. And he left India very suddenly. And it was, mm-hmm. it was he had his something, his future read to him. Mm-hmm. And somebody predicted that in three months he would leave India and wouldn't come back. And he wouldn't, didn't uh-huh. believe it. And then next thing was he was leaving, he left India and he never lived there again. Yeah. Yeah. So the prediction was true. All right. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Did he ever go back? Or... He used to go for like every couple of years. He would go back for a couple of weeks, something like that, mm-hmm. and visit his parents, his family. Yes. Mm. Uh, what do you remember about Iran? 
Oh, I remember a lot of things about Iran. I mean, yeah. I remember a lot of things about Iran. Uh, from when I was really tiny, when I was very small, I remember the house we were in. And I remember mm-hmm. uh, we used to keep chocolate in the fridge. And we had these biscuits, like oh, right. um, rich tea biscuits. And my mother used to give me a piece of chocolate with a biscuit. And this was like a big treat. Mm-hmm. I remember that when I was small. And the lady who used to come and help us in the house, we, I called her mm-hmm. Nanny. I remember her. I remember the garden. I remember the dogs. I remember the toys. I remember mm-hmm. a lot of things from when I was very small. Yeah. Before my brother was born. I remember when my brother was yeah. born. All that. Yeah. All right. Because wasn't he born in Iran as well? He was born in, oh, in the UK too. He was born in Skipton. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. Oh. Uh, so my mother came back to to England to have him as well, to give birth to him too. Okay. And he was born in Skipton, where my grandparents were now living. They'd moved to Skipton. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, I just remember you telling me a story. This is like going back, but I remember you, because it's sort of like a, a mixture of cultures or, or, or not a clash of cultures, but two cultures not really completely working together i can't remember if it was, whether it was my grandmother or you that told me the story about the christmas tree oh that was way later that was oh, like right, you know right. when i was like you know 15 that was probably the last christmas we were there that i went mm. back i used to go back uh when i was older i used to go back because i was at school in the uk in england so i used to go back christmas easter summer and uh, this was a we had a christmas tree and we had one all every year but this time we had one and we mm-hmm. were living in the north of Iran, of Iran, near the Caspian Sea. And these people mm-hmm. came with this tree. And I said, we'll bring it inside. They said, no, 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 it'll be fine here on the on the veranda. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, it's got to go inside. And they go, no, 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 it'll be fine here. Like, it'll be fine inside. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It, it's just interesting, sort of like, because obviously... I suppose it's one of those things is like, you know, from, from me having grown up in Japan, like Christmas is a thing that everybody knows about. But I suppose in Iran, it's and at that time, it would have been very different, the cultural ideas, because it was never colonized by any European states that would have done that sort of thing. So I suppose it wouldn't have been seen, generally no, speaking, no, I assume. it wasn't. It wasn't, no. no, no. Um, although they're in Iran, I mean, they have Nauru's. Nauru's, they have... They have greenery inside the house. I mean, they grow. It's only a small thing, but it can be a tray mm-hmm. of sort of um, grass, which they grow from seed. Mm-hmm. And they grow it. And, and then on March 21st, which is New Year, uh, Nauru's New Year's Day, this grass mm-hmm. is all grown up. And that's inside the house. It's like a plant growing. But, of course, a Christmas yeah. tree is a huge, <laughs> huge plant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and you have to decorate it and everything like that. Yeah. But the idea of greenery and all that sort of stuff and the New Year and all that, you know. Mm, um, mm. They have that too, yeah. And apparently, Xerxes the Great was the mm. first man who did Christmas trees or tree decorated trees. He did a oh, decorated really? tree. Yeah, I don't quite um, remember the details, but there are pictures of uh, these trees which are decorated, and they are pictures uh, which are painted many, like a thousand years later or something like that, or fifty, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. of the memory of Xerxes. But apparently, Xerxes was the first person to. To have Christmas trees, to have decorated trees with baubles on and stuff like that. Okay, that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's. I didn't know that. Yes, that's a fun one that. Was. <laughs> uh, um, we'll, we'll move on to the next question then. Mm. Um, so, were you always interested in traveling or learning about other cultures? No, it wasn't really. I mean, no, no, I wasn't yeah. because it was just like um, it was um, what I did. 
You know, mm. what I did was I, I lived in two cultures, you know, and when right. I was in one of them, I did what, what one of them did. And in Iran, mm. it was a mixture, you know, I mean, it was a big mixture yeah. because my mother, uh, when I was four and a half, my mother started working in a hotel. She was a hotel manager and mm. we moved to this apartment above the hotel and mm. or above where the owner of the hotel lived. And um, so th- there were all the staff. You know, mm-hmm. all these people, these Iranian people, like the gardeners, the, the shoppers, the buyers, the the chefs, the laundry ladies, the cleaners, yeah. the waiters, the receptionists. It's all a community in the mm-hmm. hotel. Lot of people, and um, all mostly men, except in the laundry there were women, and in the yeah. domestic area, like I had a nanny. That was a woman. Mm -hmm. And then in the owner of the hotel's section, there were female servants and his daughter and his mother, all this kind of thing. But mostly it was men. But it was a real community of people. And Mm -hmm. that is where I really got my close-up being in Iranian society. And so there were many things I experienced, for example, talking to people and and all the different people, the wonderful people, and and beliefs Mm -hmm. and all this kind of thing, many cultural things. But there were some gaps, like, for example, going to the hammam, the bath. I have no Mm -hmm. idea about that because I never went to the hammam. There was a hammam at the bottom of the garden where people Mm -hmm. would go, but I didn't go because we had a Western-style bathroom in our house. Right. 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 So things, the big gaps where I don't know what happened. Right. Uh, but there are like food, what it tastes like and what it genuinely is. I, I genuinely know that. And then outlooks, mm, yeah. I genuinely know because I had conversations. People looked after me. They talked to me, that sort of thing. I was with them and I learned things like that, you know, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. sort of way. Mm. It's kind of interesting in sort of like, does it, does it affect, did it being in Iran sort of affect your sort of like sense of like arts as well? Like your totally interests in that sort totally. of thing. Yeah, I mean, my whole belief in what what the arts are mm. is totally, I mean, v- just affected by that. It's, uh, for example, um, you know, you've got religion. And mm. when you don't, you haven't grown up in that religion and you're little and you see other people like Nanny is praying, doing namaz, mm-hmm. it doesn't belong to you. You know that, but she's there in the house doing it. You know, and it's perfectly acceptable, perfectly, but it's not yours. It's not you, right? So mm-hmm. you know that. So you, yeah. you're at one removed from it, but you can observe it and all the other pieties mm-hmm. and beliefs that people had, you know. And then you go yeah. to the UK and you're at school in the UK and then you go to church every Sunday and somehow that's mm-hmm. what you're meant to be doing, but somehow mm-hmm. you don't actually, you can't engage in it because you, you've already been where you haven't been engaging in religion, but you see you see the, uh, well, I don't know what you say, the imaginational imagination in it and what a human mm. being's faculties, highest faculties do, you know, religious. Yes, yes. Yeah, like that, that kind of thing. And so then it's in the arts that I think is, is where expression is sort of important, mm. most productive, rather than in religion, although religion yeah. is great. That's just my yeah. point of view. Because one thing I do remember from being a child and also like getting into adulthood as well as like, I remember that you and my grandmother both had um, a lot of Iranian miniatures or a few Iranian miniatures and Persian rugs and that sort of stuff. Um, it's just, I remember it. That's sort of the things that I remember sort of like seeing, as a, you know, growing up and stuff like that. It's just like, because uh, it's just interesting to see what you sort of like brought with you 
in terms of the memories and the sort of things that you really wanted to keep in terms of yeah that experience and that knowledge yeah well, there are designs for example like on the carpets mm. are sort of um designs of um um what do you say uh leaves on trees and branches that curl mm. curl around and curl and curl uh, that sort yeah. of design, plant design, which is curly cueing and curly. This sort of thing is extreme, not more than the paisley, which is sort of I, I count mm. as being more Indian. This sort of curling around and and twirling is a kind of you know and heart shaped shapes and all this kind of business of yes. uh, you know it, of 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 greenery, which is growing mm. from trees or that, that kind of thing. The idea of the garden. That kind of yeah. design, the idea of the mandala or whatever it's called, or the in the middle of a mm -hmm. carpet. This is just so, to me, just because it's at the top of, in the top of a dome of a mosque as well. You see that sort of yes, from yeah. the centre. This is hugely important. And um, blue, the colour blue, Isfahan blue, mm. and the colour yeah. of mushrooms or khaki, the desert and the and the the, the earth. It's a not mm. a bad colour. It's a beautiful colour. Yeah you know, a, yeah. a background against which things come out. And then the voice, the human voice of, like they used to say mm -hmm. poetry, everybody knew poetry. Everybody could say really? poetry. Everybody knew it. Everybody could just say something just like that, you know. Uh, yeah. and, and, so, and the human voice, and it was on the TV and things like that, you'd hear them saying poetry. And so, yeah, the human voice in an Iranian, like singing or poetically or, you know, that mm. kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, those kind those kinds of things. And the miniatures, they're just quintessentially Iranian, you know. Yes. But, but they have yeah. that khaki background or they have that. Yeah. It's kind of busy but sparse, you know. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, and the blues are, in, are incorporated in those two. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah, I do. The, the, the two, the two colours do really set off well against each other, don't they? Mm. Actually, khaki and blue. Yeah, there's a, there's a yeah. mosque in Isfahan called Sheikh Lutfullah. Sheikh Lutfullah, mm -hmm. and it is a, a dome which is just like a khaki-coloured dome with trellising mm. or tracery of yeah. plant tracery in, in a sort of blues and greens. It's exquisite, really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isfahan's got some of the most famous architecture in the world, hasn't it, in terms of that sort yes. of thing? Yes, yeah, it yeah. has. Yeah. yeah, and the bridge as well. Yeah, the no, bridges are they're right all uh, uh, yeah. many. I mean, a lot of the bridges and everything up there is a very old bridge. I can't remember the name of it, but mm. the two other bridges, main bridges, they are part of the project of this period of Shah Abbas, Shah Abbas, seventeenth uh, mm. century sort of like mm -hmm. yeah, uh, early so Elizabethan times and into I guess early seventeenth century, late sixteenth, yeah. something like that. Shah Abbas, that period he he did a lot of building, and he had a system of they had slaves. But the mm -hmm. slavery system is where you have, you know, anybody's a slave from a very lowly person to a very accomplished person. You can be a soldier or mm -hmm. a military leader. And people in the higher echelons of these slaveries, like military leaders or government administrators, these people, culturally, they were very, it was very important to be cultured. And mm -hmm. they would, they would um, commission building. And mm -hmm. then they would commission it in the name of Shah Abbas. So all these buildings were built in the same architectural styles, massive building projects of streets and bazaars and mosques and squares and bridges, all paid for by these different slaves, so-called, who right. were basically, you know, government officials or high up army people or military people or that sort of thing. And in his name, 
in the name of Shabbos yeah. as a kind of gift or something like that, you know, homage to Shabbos. So all of it was like under his name, but paid for right. by his, by other people who had been his, wow. who were his slaves kind of thing. That's, if you yeah. see what I mean. Yeah, it's a, I suppose it's sort of a sort of a bit like a little bit like a feudal system in a way. It's definite. Well, yes, yeah. a little bit like, except that they didn't uh, in, inherit. Well, I suppose I suppose it. Yeah, I don't know. So the, the there was the only person who had big land. It wasn't knights who had the land divided mm. with them or land. It was basically the king could do whatever the heck he wanted with the land, and he you right. know, he owned the whole place. Uh, right. But you know, okay. but of course, you needed people to you know you needed to. You needed a polity and you needed manufacturers and you needed people who generated mm. stuff. But overall, yeah, he owned yeah. everyone and everything, you know, and the land. Right. Whereas in the feudal system, you know, you had lords who owned certain yeah. people and gave them to the king to go and fight or something. Yeah, so, so the, you know, it's a broader base of power needs to be built up in terms of just like having the feudal lords underneath and then, in, I suppose, in this yeah. system. And the feudal lord's land was inviolable, you see. Well, you see, people's yeah. land wasn't. It belonged to the king, really fundamentally right. he'd give you land but right. then you could take it away at any time and would your kids right. get it who yeah. knows that kind of thing you know yeah right okay yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah ah. um i think we'll leave iran for now um uh, basically uh, it's just kind of a because now you're living in japan mm. and uh, so just wanted to know a little bit about how you decided to go there Um, right. Um, well, I, I, I mean, I, I'd been in the UK for a long time. Um, I, I'd, I'd actually been in the UK since I was 15 without leaving the country to go back to Iran mm -hmm. because that 1979 yeah. was the revolution. Mm -hmm. So, or 16, I don't know, 15, I think it was. Maybe I was, I don't know. Anyway, so 79 was a revolution, yeah. So it was 78, summer of 78 was the last time I went back. So I'd been in the UK without, and I'd been to the States when I was 19 for mm -hmm. two semesters. Yeah. For a year, basically an academic year, 19 to 20. And then I was back in the UK and I was like graduating from university and thought that uh, I just couldn't be based in the UK. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I mean, I didn't realise how difficult it was going to be. It was going to be, yeah, but yeah. I felt myself to be sort of somebody who was a British person, but who mm. who lived abroad, as my mother had mm -hmm. done, or as my father had done. Yeah. So yeah. Um, my father wasn't British; he was Indian. Uh, he latterly mm. got British citizenship, which we didn't know about until after he died. We found his passport mm. in his drawer. He didn't. He wanted to be Indian, but I think in the end mm. he changed his nationality because he just thought it was all just too complicated to, yes, to be, have a different nationality from, from us. Anyway, so, um, but, so my dad was Indian and my mum was, was, was British. But, and so I thought it was the same as my parents, really, you know, um, mm -hmm. because you do have a, an outlook. You do yeah. have an outlook, which simply is yeah. not encompassed or, uh, what do you say, uh, fulfilled uh, by staying mm -hmm. in one place, you know. Um, there's something about being in another place and looking back over, which is kind of, yeah, 
kind of where I am, my position. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I thought, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and do teacher training because that's not what I know how to do. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I've seen so many people teach. I could probably do that. So I did teacher training in order to work in an international school. Mm-hmm. So I went back and did the teacher training when I was 21 to 22. And then when mm-hmm. I was, I met, my, I met your dad there, Simon, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at, when I was teacher training. And he had been, for, unbelievably, because I'd met all the people I'd ever met. There was about one other person of all the people I ever met, and he was in the States, who was remotely um, international in that way. And mm-hmm. Daddy's not international in, in a way. He's very, very, very English. But mm-hmm. Simon's very, very – but he um, definitely understands, you know, um, having two outlooks, two points of view. Yes, he definitely yes. understands those things. Um, and um, anyway, um, um, so he definitely understands those kinds of things. And um, so I really fell for daddy in mm. first, I suppose. And then um, I realized that he had these out, this outlook, you know, yeah. and that this was probably, this, I'd never seen this before. And he'd mm-hmm. been in Japan. And he didn't right. stop talking about it. Everybody he met was mm-hmm. been in Japan, you know. I mean, in London, yeah. we used to go to, you know, out to the Anjin Kai Club or whatever it's called, the Japanese club. And then people mm-hmm. who he met, you know, had been to Japan. She worked here. He worked there. But he studied here, here. He studied there. All these people. But they'd all been in Japan for this year, which Daddy had been in Japan for, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, this was, I thought, well, you know, that that's, it sounds very interesting. Japan sounds very interesting. Mm. And I was interested in Japan because in Iran, they'd have a, had a revolution. Mm-hmm. And in Iran, they were such incredibly, well, they were, I mean, they're reality to me, real people, you know. I mean, yeah. fundamentally, um, many things that I, my experiences and my roots are from there. And it's very sad mm. to see this kind of dissatisfaction and total upheaval that they had to mm. do because it wasn't satisfactory, the situation. But to tumble into yeah. this, they didn't. They didn't recover, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. After the revolution, they didn't recover, and they haven't recovered, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yet, the Japanese, you know, I mean, they yeah. went into World War Two with a very high risk strategy, and mm-hmm. they lost yeah. in a terrible yeah. way, a most tragic way, absolutely awful. And yet, they came out, and they they knew who they were. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion before I came to Japan. They knew who they yeah. were, exactly who they were, and exactly what they wanted. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was very uh, curious to see this country for this reason, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas the Middle East was it's so ploughed up and yeah. the Japanese are just so steady, stable. They've got it. They've got a yeah. situation going which, yeah. you know, they've embraced modernity and they're, mm-hmm. they've, they're, they're very much who they are. I was interested mm-hmm. to see that. So um, yeah. in the end, we so, so me and Daddy were together, and we were together, and then eventually, one day the day came when, you know, Daddy said, "Well, should we go to Japan?" And I said, "Well, yeah, mm. let's do that. Let's go." And so he tried to find work, yeah. and he did find it very quickly in Japan mm-hmm. because he'd already been here. Yeah, okay. that's but mainly that's my I was interested in Japan, and I think your dad. I'm not. I don't want to really want to talk for him, but he. He mm. would be able to be anywhere. Yeah. He would be able to be because he understands, you know, that, 
you know, he understands the um, validity of any place. Mm. You know, this is what's so good yeah. about him, so great about him. Yeah. Mm. A lot of people don't understand the validity of other, of, of other people's cultures. No. Yeah. 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 It's always a problem. Yeah. It's one of those difficult things, isn't it? We're trying to work out how somebody feels about but when you see somebody says, oh, they do things like this over there. It's like, yeah, but they, that's just that's just how they do things. They probably think it's funny things like coming to Britain and people go, oh, yes, well, you know, the Japanese are so traditional. And they do all this sort of stuff. And, you know, you mm. know, they're so quaint and all that sort of stuff. And you just kind of mm. go, that's exactly what they think of you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, the UK is basically a museum, you know, of, yes. uh, you know, old things. I mean, you know, you know, yes. I mean, it's Sherlock Holmes kind of thing and men in bowler yeah. hats with uh, rolled up umbrellas, you know. That's yeah, that's the yeah. UK. That's what they want to see, you know. That's what yes. they want. Buckingham Palace. They're not interested in, you know, modern UK. I don't. Well, I mean, I mean, sure they are, but I mean, you know, that that's what impresses them about the UK. Yeah, and, and, and I think Japanese what... people also like people to. Um, uh, what do you think of us? Okay, that's what we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what we are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're very traditional. Fine, fine, fine. And then they just get on with what they're doing. You know, yeah. Um, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they, they don't need to explain themselves to outsiders. They don't feel no. that, except in the sense of, you know, against, yeah, I don't know. They don't want to be, um, what do you say? They don't want to be um, looked down upon. They're very proud. Yes. But at the same yes. time, I mean, I don't think they feel the need to, to explain themselves. Um, no, yeah. I think that makes sense. I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah, it's going out of my, yeah, yeah. Because the question here that says, what do you miss most when you aren't in your home country? But I was just wondering, do you think you have a home country? I certainly do. Twisting the question. Uh, But less and less. I used to believe it without, without, without doubt, but less and less um, do I feel I have my home country. In one way, I feel more of a a citizen of, of more places. So that's a nice thing, but also it's a. I feel I've been. I'm disappointed with what's been going on in my own country. Um, mm, that's mm. another reason why I feel this. But I mean, I I I do believe that you have to have a country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, for, because I am who I am and came out of Britain, and what mm-hmm. that country gave me, um, it gave me my identity. My fundamental identity mm. comes from Britain, I, I believe. And um, I, I also, I miss everything. I miss many things and everything, mm-hmm. you know, I do um, miss things. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, there's more to, more to life than missing things. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's also, yeah. you know, there's also what you believe in and what you, how you feel you can function. And, you know, mm. um, you have to think about those things too, uh, which pull and yeah. which what things pull you and missing something doesn't pull me as much, you know, even though it's been right. very hard um, to, to, to miss things <coughs> and, and really miss yeah. things. But, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And what I miss is many things, you know, like, you know, family, friends, um, yeah. down to the streets and the smells mm-hmm. and the earth, you know, mm. I remember I was in my granddad's garden in, in England he had a lovely garden. Yeah. He grew everything. And I remember being down at the soil, you know, and you're kind of mm. down at the soil and it's kind of um, sandy. It's sort of dark, heavy soil with fleck, flecks mm. of sand. It's mixed. So it drains very well. And Grandpa's told me this. And I'm like seven, eight, you know, and I'm down mm. at the soil like I've been with Grandpa in the garden. Mm. 
many times. And uh, I, I'm sort of looking at the soil and I know that the cucumbers are growing or the carrots are growing over there and the, you know, the beans are growing over there and the raspberries are growing over there. And it's from this earth that they're coming. And all of a sudden this earth is starting to have meaning and it's all fizzling and it smells and it looks like this and it feels like this. Mm. And I get that feeling of the earth when I go to England, you know, when I'm walking through the woods and I smell the smell of the earth or on yeah. a rainy day, uh, you know, that sort of, and grass, the grass. Uh, the, in yes. York, in, my, in the town where I go and stay, there's a, there's a garden called the Museum Gardens, which is a lot mm-hmm. of grass. And I go shopping, you know, just for like, you know, buy some bread or because the shop, bread shop, you have to get there early. Go and yeah. buy some bread or something. And the Museum Gardens is locked until nine o'clock or something. And then they're open at so nine o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning or maybe, maybe earlier than that. I don't know, but it's empty. And I'll go and lie on the grass Mm. just for five, ten minutes and feel that, feel that grass. Mm. Um, and that is, in things like that, I do miss in many things. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember being very small and we used to go to your grandfather's place or my great-grandfather's place, and it was at the time. Yeah. And we used to be allowed to have these tiny wheelbarrows and we would go off and be allowed to dig in a certain section of the garden because there was nothing growing there, so we yes. could dig as many holes as we yes. wanted. I do remember doing that. Yeah. Being how small we've been since like five yeah. or six years old. Less than that. Like that. They were very tiny. Yeah. Because when yeah. you got a little bit older and they got that. a little bit older, they got frightened of letting you outside because there was a stream with water. And they thought you would drown. Right. So they had to be with you every moment. So they right, couldn't you right. shouldn't so you know, you couldn't be fifteen metres away or twenty five metres away, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. They, they got they, you always had to stay inside then. You couldn't go outside. But in the early oh, days, right. yeah, you used to go with the wheelbarrows that was digging and also making a fire. When you were there, oh, you yes, used to like to make a fire. Place. Huge fire. And it didn't matter if it didn't matter if it wasn't dry, the wood, you know. We'd have a huge fire with all this spitting wood. Um and that's the same in Japan. Apparently old people love making fires, you know. Yeah. Any any little bit, a few stalks, and they've got to make a fire, you know. Um, and grab a huge fire, and we'd have a barbecue, you know, that sort of thing. With you guys, you love doing that mm. with the kids, fires, and digging, mm. digging and barrowing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, this is, that's the memory that I just, it just suddenly came back to me when you were talking about the earth, and I just suddenly went, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, goodness me. Yeah, this I mean, I got a lot from my grandparents time. about all kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might, it's not supposed to be patronising, but it's not meant to sound it, but it's, I suppose it's, that's sort of like, I suppose there are people like that everywhere, but it's, it's sort of like true Yorkshire folk in a way, I suppose, in a way. Yes, they, they are English, English yeah. and Yorkshire, and um, yes, very much so, and very, but I mean, they, they, they gardened, my grandfather grew mm-hmm. all of the vegetables, and at one mm-hmm. time they had all of their own eggs. Um, so, and he yeah. would just dig it up out of the garden and take it inside. My grandmother would cook it. So they, they did that. Mm. And not, not many people in Britain can do that, but they did that. No. They had no. honey and bees. Uh, they grew oh, yeah, flowers. They made, my grandmother made crafts, did crafts out of flowers. So they were very much on the land mm. in their, in their garden. And so yeah. that, that was kind of unique and they had a beautiful garden and, uh, there was a bank of trees at one end of the garden where in the morning, in the summer or in the springtime, I don't know, when, the dawn chorus was absolutely mm-hmm. deafening, you know. So they were mm-hmm. not just, um, you know, they were from Yorkshire. They were Yorkshire people. But they were also yeah. um, sort of people who were close to, 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 to the land, loved the land yes. and the nature yes. and that kind of thing. And my grandmother was a great cook as well. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 It's good times. <laughs> yes. And they loved us, you know. Yes. yes. Uh, which is something to demonstrating your love. Uh, I mean, love. I got mm -hmm. love from them, my grandparents, uh, very much. Mm -hmm. They did. They were not shy about. I mean, I was. A, I, I lived with my grandparents for a year, and sometimes I got homesick, and my grandmother would hold me mm -hmm. tight. Uh, in the mm -hmm. middle of the night, and you felt her come towards you, you know, um, hold you and shore you up seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was good, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was good. Yeah. I suppose kind of helps to kind of segue into the next question, uh, talking about family and that sort of thing. It's like, next question is, uh, what's it like bringing up a family in a country that's foreign to you? That's a big question. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Uh, at first, I was um, totally enthusiastic about it. I thought mm. I thought it was the absolute best thing to do because it was like this, you know, um, dual cultural thing, which I thought was extremely good. I mean, I thought mm. that being a foreigner or being international was just the thing to be mm. because I was. That's what I was, and yeah. that um, you know, I, I just thought I had utter confidence in it. Um, but it is difficult because, um, you know, you do stuff at home and you do stuff with mm. other people. And I have to say that the young parents, when, when, when the young parents who we knew were probably the mm. best people that, I, that, I've, that I've known as a group, like I was, yeah, mm. maybe the second group of best people that I've ever known in my life. Mm -hmm. The first group, well, maybe the third group. <laughs> Best people that I've ever known in my life. The, the first group was when I was in high school. The people in high school were just amazing. The second group was um, Simon's friends. And the third group was these mm -hmm. people when, when you guys were little. Um, there were a lot of foreigners, right? Or people who were yeah. into foreigners, you know? So, you know, mm -hmm. and so they were interesting people. And there wasn't any kind of, you know, competition about bringing kids up or anything like that. We all did it together. We were all in it together. And there were about half a dozen families. And we used to go to each other's houses or each of us used to take turns in setting up some kind of an event. It could mm -hmm. be going to the, to, the, to the botanical gardens. It could be going swimming. It could be going to somebody's mm -hmm. house to eat cheese and drink onion soup. Uh, it could be going mm -hmm. to somebody else's house uh, for dinner at the weekend. It could be going to somebody else's house and putting up a paddling pool and having a, you know, party in the garden. There was, mm -hmm. uh, it, uh, it was just really, really uh, beautiful, a very, very good situation mm -hmm. for, for having children. Uh, all our children played together and we, uh, you know, we, we, were, we were a community together. And it was very nice, a nice community, uh, because there are hierarchical communities and bossy communities yeah. of which yeah. I have, in which I have participated and walked <laughs> off pretty quickly, walked <laughs> off from pretty quickly. But yeah, so it was very good like that in the small days. Uh, but then when it came to schools and when it came to older things, there just isn't the infrastructure, the background. There aren't the people with the beliefs, you know, because these people who were there when you were little moved on. They were at Kyodai or somewhere like that there for a couple of years and moving on. And then we came to, you know, people who we just didn't have the same values. There just wasn't the same infrastructure, the background, you know, same. Mm. Uh, we were yeah. alone. I felt alone and there was just a school mm -hmm. and the schools often went against what I believed. I mean, I just think that some of the schools, I hate to say this, 
you know, uh, behaviour, uh, because they, it's management, isn't it? You know, and they're international yeah, schools yeah. and they have to compete internationally. But I found some of their behaviour, sorry, but I found it just unconscionable. And I found it mm-hmm. extremely small-minded and narrow, considering the opportunities there were. And I couldn't, I couldn't bring those opportunities to fruition inside my own home. I just didn't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you went to Kyoto International School, which was really good in that sense, because yes. they brought the community and society, Japanese society, mm-hmm. in. They yes, knew yes, stuff, and there yes. was a mix of stuff. And the kids kind of generally enjoyed KIS. International School, but then in 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 in, in the other school, uh, larger international school, um, they just it just seemed to be like an island of uh, I'm sorry to say American culture, so that mm-hmm. Japanese culture c- couldn't penetrate. There are a lot of Indians here. Indian culture didn't penetrate. Uh, we are Brits. A British culture didn't penetrate, and certainly the home culture, mm-hmm. Japanese culture, just didn't get a look in. You know, and so it was just one culture impressing on everybody else. And I just felt I just couldn't deal with it, you know, and I just was mm-hmm. kind of disappointed. Um, and I felt I, I lost the plot. I lost the plot. And mm-hmm. then I just had, to, you know, um, so, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I'm, nice. uh, yeah. Could you pick me up on anything there? Because I, I've lost, I've, uh, yeah. But I, and, and also, I just want to say one more thing. The teachers, mm-hmm. the teachers in all cases, well, you know, I mean, you've got, you got some bad and some good and all that sort of thing. But in all the schools, three schools I've had experience of in Japan, in all the, mm-hmm. there were plenty of teachers who were really, they were the ones who made it. Yes, Me yes, and my, my husband and my, there was, you know, tried. And then there were the teachers, many teachers really. Yes. They were interested in, 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 in being in a foreign country. They were interested in you know, uh, dialogue between cultures and that sort of thing. And they were interested in the children who they were yeah. trying to teach. And they were, had something yes. to bring, you know, they were cultured or they knew what they were doing, you know. And so I really am very yes. thankful to those people, those teachers. Yes. Yeah. I do remember having some very, very good teachers all, yeah. all the way through school. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm, that's the one thing is I'm definitely pleased about that is that we had good teachers. Yeah. Um, very good teachers yeah um it's i suppose it's always difficult though in in any sort of situation i mean whatever institution or place that you go to they're going to have a set of values that they run towards aren't they yeah and and sometimes you know you want the best and everything like that and sometimes even you know even if it is the best there are going to be things that you don't want from it aren't there yeah, I mean, I mean, people here, like, you know, who send their kids to the international school, they're moving, moving through. You know, mm, they're yes, here for a couple yes. of years. They do not want the standards of education of their child to go down. No, so no. they want they want a certain standard, you know, and this yes. is what happens. And in among getting this, uh, as well as in the wake of getting this standard or incorporated in achieving this standard or keeping this standard, you forget a lot of things. You have to throw a lot of things to the side. You have to mm-hmm. focus mm-hmm. on things which to the detriment of, you know, being able to focus on other things. Yes, yes. Uh, well, got a couple of other questions still to go. Um, this one is probably, this last two are actually quite large in a way, but um, um, do you find the idea of motherhood varies from culture to culture? Funny question. 
because you would expect mm. that would be really huge, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm. I mean, I did my thing. Um, yes. And I've talked to my friends who I respect, well, about one or two, who I really respect. And um, they seem, it seems to me that they have the same idea that I have. Um, mm. And um, motherhood. Um, I guess, you know, I mean, I guess some people see their children as an asset, mm -hmm. which I don't see my children as an asset like that. You know, like they, they, they're going to they're going to take care of me when I'm old or something like that. I mean, they might end up taking care mm -hmm. of me when I'm old, but I don't see them like that. I don't see them as an asset added to the family along with the money and the house and the dog. You know, I think some people really mm -hmm. do see that. And then I think some, you know, and then some people see their children as um, they're going to fulfill themselves in their children. Right. You know, and, and I don't see that either. Although, I mean, of course, you know, there are certain things that you think should be going on that you want to give them, mm -hmm. that you want them to have and you want them to pursue. But, you know, I mean, you're not going to fulfill yourself through your kids. Although, the, you know, the, so I, I, I just, I suppose there are mothers like that as well. But but but, but mm -hmm. um, generally speaking, I don't know what other people want from their kids. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't know what motherhood, you know. I mean, they wipe their noses and clean their nappies and change their, mm -hmm. give them food and all that, which maybe I wasn't so brilliant at, I don't know. But, um, right. you know, it's, it's, it, to my mind, I mean, it's very important, obviously. Um, yeah. But it's not the most important thing that, you know, I never missed a laundry day or I never missed a, I always made the beautiful obento. I never made, yeah. I never made a beautiful obento. I never made obento. Um, but there we go. Um, you know. We got our sandwiches. It was all right. Well, you got your sandwiches. <laughs> Oh, You've also got money yeah. to go and buy something from the convenience yeah. store. That was later on, though, where the school had you pay 70,000 yen up front to get a card, yeah. lunch card. So that we had two people to pay that for and then a third person. You know, I mean, we just couldn't come up with 70,000 yen, no. 140,000 yen for a lunch card. So we gave you money every day so that you could go yeah. to the convenience yeah. store. Or something. But I don't know if it was enough money, but, you know, that's how it was. And then you got fed at night here. And there was food here anyway yeah, when you got home, that sort yeah. of thing. But there we yeah. go. That's how it was. Uh, that's what that was. I mean, really. Mm. Um, I do remember that about that. Though. Was it, yeah. I, I, it was a bit cheeky, that, I thought. Well, that's time. one of the things, you see, because that's, you know, eating food with, with, with people, you know, is kind of a pretty important thing at lunchtime, you know. But no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you would not go in the canteen unless it was some corner where you could sit and eat your sandwiches. I don't know. Because you didn't have that card that cost 70,000 yen, um, you know. Uh, I, I just, things like that. I just thought I was yeah, pretty. I, do, I never remember that now. Yeah. Huh? Hello? Hello? Sorry. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Bit of a tech issue there, but it's all right. Um, of course, uh, just one last question, the final question. Um what ideals, beliefs, and values from your home culture um, did you try and instill in your children? Were there ideas and values that you wanted to pass on? Yeah, there were. Hmm. Uh, basically, um, well, this might be silly, but um, uh, uh, basically, the the most important thing is, I suppose, your imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, the arts. And, and yeah. cultural things, even though I'm not that cultured and that I don't know that much about the arts, I have had a sniff of it. And I know mm -hmm. that, 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 you know, the, the culture in Iran is utterly different from the culture in the UK. 
and the mm-hmm. culture in Japan is utterly different from the other those two, and they are fundamental and utterly valid and mm-hmm. equal, equally important. And that is where, you know, I think you find your your position in the world vis-à-vis, mm-hmm. you know, the universe, the earth, other people, to use your imagination, to be cultured, to understand culture. Mm-hmm. And I think it will never let you down, you know, yeah. um, in some way or other. I mean, you don't have to go go right, right making movies or something, but you have to be able to mm-hmm. appreciate you have to be able to understand what it's doing and be able to yeah. participate either as a producer or as an audience or as a participator. I don't know what. This is crucial. So that's the values that I yeah. wanted to pass on. Yeah. I mean, they're good values because, I mean, imagination is probably one of the most important things you can have because it means you can interact with people. Well, it's just like yeah. a fundamentally what, yeah. yeah I think that's, that's what we are as... Yeah, the society works, the culture works, and so on. Yeah, and, and that's how we what are what we are as creatures. I mean, we are the big highest mm. thing there is, and the highest thing mm. that we have is our minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we need to get you know start looking at that and get to know ourselves. Uh, yeah. get to know ourselves as as a as human beings. We, I think now is more than ever now. You mm. know, I cannot believe we haven't been doing this. I cannot believe that schools don't teach this. And make people give them training and faculties and how to appreciate things because now is we need to know who we are, what the hell we're doing with all this yeah. climate change and fighting Christ knows what, you know. We've got mm. to pull together and understand ourselves. And it's yeah. not one, you know, whereas one culture might might have, yeah. you know, the, the, the golden ticket in one period or for one thing. It, it, the one culture does not trump all the other cultures. It cannot be. I just don't think it's, you know, it has to be, we're all together and we all have things to offer, all cultures. And Mm. we don't say, this is a culture, you learn this. You say, what is your culture? Let me see what it is. And let's, you know, Mm -hmm. let me see what I can see in yours and what you can see in mine. Really, I think more than being a Christian or a Muslim or a whatever. I mean, I think we ought to get serious, even though I think religion is terribly important. Um, I think we need to, that's what I think. And I think my children need that also for their own fulfillment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be a good point to end on with a nice thought right. at the end there. Uh, right. So I'd like to say thank you to my mother, Sarah Rosati, for uh, joining us today. Um, thank you. This. Thank you. Uh, this is this is been passport necessary um you can find us on twitter uh, there'll be links in the description to below to that um also we are on spotify and um also other places where you can find all good podcasts we're also on youtube so if you want to go on there and see if you can have a listen to it there that would be great um if you want to send us messages or comments or have any questions for us please feel free to send them in and other than that uh thank you to my mother sarah Zati, and we hope to see you soon Bye.